I'm Katie Holden, and you're listening to Our Idol Archives. I'm joined on the podcast by my dad, Mark Holden, and each episode, we are going to interview a contestant from Australian Idol to reminisce and see what they've been up to since the show finished. This week, we are joined by Tarasai Vouchet, who was on season five of Idol in 2007. Tarasai has an amazing voice and a feisty personality to match. During our chat, we talk about Tarasai's experiences as the only African woman on the show, and there's even a heartfelt apology from Mark for when he went head-to-head with Tarasai for calling her fake. So, how have you been? What, what have you been up to? What have I been up to during this lockdown? Oh, writing. What's keeping me busy is actually work. Remember I studied psychology, so I, I do counselling. So, that's what I've been doing. During this lockdown, all auditions have been cancelled. So, practically, I think I've got come from away in August, but I'm not even sure if I'll get that because I'm too young. Apparently, I look too young for it. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, oh, that's basically, the Canadian writing... one. That's the, is that the Canadian show? Yes, 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 the Canadian show. There's so much to unpack in just what you said. You said psychology that you've got have you have you got a degree or and and then and then we talked about your life as an artist so there's sort of obviously two sides to you at the moment yes there is two sides so i ended up studying a degree in psychology i studied music theater at aim as well so i've been using the two for the last um when did i graduate from aim 2013 so for the last 7 years i've been using both of them if i'm on tour with um, other musicals, I do that. And then if I'm not on tour, I do cancelling. So I've got two sides, two careers actually, basically, yeah. That's great. Let's take everyone back to Australian Idol days. Uh, can you give the listeners a recap of how old you were and just tell us a little bit about going onto the show and what it was like for you? Okay. So I basically auditioned when I was 20 years of age. No, I turned 20 when I'd actually finished auditioning. I was 19 when I auditioned. I was a baby. And um, what did I do? When I went through it, I was at uni at the time. So basically I thought it was not a joke per se, but I was like, well, look, if I go far with it, great. If I don't, great. i I'm not really like concerned about where I will get, but I found myself each and every audition. I actually got through the next round and I found myself in the top 12. So I think when I got to top, um, a top hundred, I think that's when it actually clicked in that, Oh my God, I'm actually somewhere and this is happening. This is real. So I better be, you know, braced up for something else that's to come. And I remember my first round, um, that was before we go to, um, we see the two producers, Suzanne and uh, Greg. Those were the first ones we would see. And I remember the first, first audition to, I auditioned with Suzanne and she kicked me out and she was like, I feel like you're not ready. And I was like, what are you talking about? I sound good. I am ready. And then, um, wow! And she made me um, 
what do you call it? She made me re, um, sing uh, Alicia Keys, If I Ain't Got You, Babe. And she literally stressed me out to a point where I went out of tune. I lost it. And I was like, hang on a minute. Stop trying to trick me. This is mine. And we argued for 20 minutes. I remember 20 minutes. And then she gave me that blue slip. And she was like, okay, look, I need to get rid of you. Go to Greg and he'll figure this out, whether you're, you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can get in or not. And then I went to Greg and I sang my song, I Have Nothing. And he was like, okay, you're through to the next round. And I was like, hang on a minute. Give me that slip back. And then I gave it back. Um, he gave it back to me. And I knocked on Suzanne's door and I was like, and someone else was in it. I just opened the door and I said, oh, by the way, I just got through to the second round. So thank you very much. I knew what I was supposed to do here. And then I closed the door and I left. (laughs) That's awesome. Where do you get that feistiness from, Tarasai? You know what? I reckon it's from my grandma. I figured my my, um. My mom's, uh, my dad's mom. And, you know, the funny thing is she's, um, you know, the black, there's a lady in Black Panther. She's, um, she, she's got the bald head. That's one of my, my cousins. She's like my second cousin. Yeah. She's my grandma's first cousin and she's really feisty as well. So I think the both of us and including my dad's sister, we're the only feisty ones, the three in the family. It's not from my mom's side, but we figured out it's from my grandma, from my paternal side. So yeah, she's like that. (laughs) And where's, where's your grandma? Uh, she currently she's currently in Zimbabwe right now. She she usually comes here, but at the present moment, because of the lockdown, she's back in Zimbabwe. Yeah. And and what's it like in Zimbabwe? Do you do you go do you visit there or anything like that? I always visit there every year, but because um I last visited end of 2017 because I ended up doing Madiba 2018 and 19. So I was on the mu- musical Madiba. So I couldn't visit because of the the time frame of breaks in between the cities. So I haven't visited and we're meant to go 2020. Tell me what that is. What's what's Madiba? Yeah, tell us about Madiba. Um, It was a musical for Nelson Mandela um, written in France and then they opened the second one in Australia. So that was 2018 to 2019. We did the the tour, New Zealand and Australia. That's awesome. Mm. We've had a bit of a musical theatre run, it sounds like, since Idols finished because you did The Lion King for two years as well. Do you want to tell us a bit about how that came about? Was that your first musical, The Lion King? Yeah. So funny-wise was that um, I studied music theatre at AIM. Just, you know, I I had to, I did, um, I I had a choice of doing the contemporary degree and music theatre. And I chose music theatre because I just wanted to, broaden up my genres and the um, the singing techniques like for theatre are amazing. For me, I, I feel like I've, I've skyrocketed miles and miles vocally. And um, I loved it. And I remember um, Jennifer Murphy, um, she did, I think, was it Aida at first? And she said, you know what, mm. um, out of everyone that's auditioned, I think you're the most gifted student that I have. And I feel like you'll be the first one in your stream to land a contract, but I'm really scared that you might be lazy. And that was the first time she saw me, like when I was auditioning and I was like, okay, here we go again. And, um, and she was like, because you're so, (laughs) because you're so talented. 
I feel like you're going to take a lot of, it's going to be easy for you to sing, but you need to put a lot of work in Corey. And, um, and I said, okay, you know what? I think you're right. And actually she was right. I mean, I was always the last one to hand in assessments and everything, but you know what? For my recital, <laughs> I got an HD and I was the first one to get a, um, to get a contract out of the, out of everybody that graduated. And I got signed to, um, to Disney for the Lion King. I auditioned while I was still at uni. It was like, I think a total of nine months and it was, it was really hectic. And, um, and then I, the audition process was nine months. Yes, was nine months in total. Wow, and um, it was it was not as easy. But finally, um, I I got it. I got it in I think two thousand and thirteen and two thousand and fourteen. We opened the Lion King, and it was amazing. And I I remember I tried out for um. I tried out for Rafiki and that's the monkey that opens the show. And it's strictly for South Africans and I'm from Zimbabwe. So next door to South Africa. So I went in there confidently and I said, look, I really want this role. And she was like, Oh honey, it's not available. And besides with your attitude, you're a Shenzi. Like it's um, Shenzi's like the trio, <laughs> <laughs> the trio hyenas. And she was like, with your attitude, you're definitely a Shenzi. You're not a Rafiki. You're a hyena. She, so she basically said, you have to be a hyena. Yeah. Did you end up getting that role? I did. One of the girls got nodules just after we, um, we opened <laughs> <laughs> and, um, they gave it to me and then they ended up, and funny enough, I ended up playing Rafiki most of the time, even throughout Melbourne and throughout Perth because the lead Rafiki had nodules as well later on. And I ended up carrying the whole show, even though I was not South African and I had to learn mm. um, the dialogues and learn the script in Zulu and I did it and it was fine. And it was actually easier for me vocally as well, more than Shenzi was, but yeah, here I go. And yeah, I think I, I would like to go back. I think I'm going to uh, do Germany as well or West end preferably. Yeah. After the lockdown. Can I just say that's just such a fantastic story, Tara. So I just love hearing that. That's just so heartwarming to me to to hear you doing what you're doing. It's just amazing. And can, can I just are you are you a dual citizen? Can you be a dual citizen of Zimbabwe and Australia? What what? How does that work? Um, we can be dual citizens. Uh, but it was really hard. I don't know if they've actually passed the law, but I'm pretty sure you we can be now. I'm not. I'm not even sure because I haven't. I haven't been back for the last three years, and we changed leadership as well. So what's it? What's it like there when you go there? What? How, I mean, what's the difference between Zimbabwe and Australia? Just as a, for you, when you when you travel between both countries. Well, we are well off at home. We've always been well off. Thank God to that. Um, and my parents. They've they invested a lot of assets for me that side, so I'm okay even when I go that side. The difference is that uh, politically it was harsh uh, before Mugabe died and before he was removed. He he was impeached, I think, and that was initially that's where that's when I had left home. That was the last time I was home. So now I don't know what it's like right now. I mean, it's been three years since I've been there because of that tour. I I wasn't able to go back. But um, I think so far we're still suffering, especially like with our currency. Um, we're using the US dollar. It's like it's a struggle and people are struggling so much. So I'm not sure what it's like at the moment. Uh, what it You mean just physically in terms of in terms of, you know, providing for themselves, for their 
families. Yes, it's it's difficult right now. Um, there's it, it's it's just intense, and we were even scared during the COVID times how we were going to cope with it. But thankfully, Africa hasn't been really affected as much as Europe and America as well. So we're really happy because we certainly don't need the the extra baggage because we wouldn't have been able to cope. People would have died. Our hospitals are not functioning properly at all, probably functioning at like maybe 10%. So or two. Wow. Yeah. Really bad. And 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 who's who's in Australia and who's there? Is is your mum and dad here in Australia or are they over there? My dad is here in Queensland. He's a surgeon in Queensland. He's been here for like way before the idle days. And my mum, she's here. She's been here since we settled. When I settled in Australia 20 years ago, she came with me because I'm the only child. So she's here. And the rest of her siblings, some of them are in the UK. Some of them, one of them is here. My uncle, he's been here for nearly 33 years, my age. Some of the siblings are in Botswana. So everyone is scattered everywhere, but most of them are but still the, in Zimbabwe. But the grandparents... The grandparents are in are in Zimbabwe. They're late. It's only my paternal grandmother that's still alive. Everybody else is late now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. What a story. Mm. What an extraordinary, extraordinary story. And what, what took you into psychology? Uh, you know what? When I finished um, high school, initially my dad wanted me to study medicine, but I was so much into music. Um, and then so medicine, we thought about medicine and law, and my mum was like, trust me, I don't think she's ever going to, going to concentrate on that. And um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my mum said to my dad, well, my dad was like, you know what, she, I would really help her out with the medicine. Like, it's, it's, it's really good. And then we chose psychology, mainly because I wanted to concentrate on, um, on music as well. And back in the days, I think I had a manager and I'd been offered contracts from Def Jam through Andrew Klippel, you know, the one who found the Veronica's. Oh, I, yes, I remember Andrew. Yep. Yeah, I'd already met that guy. I had already met um, Snoop Dogg and everything, and then that fell through with a bad manager. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Tell me about, I've just got to hear we about need that. To know. So, we need to know. What was the circumstance? The circumstance, I have no idea because when I got signed to this contract, I was about 15. So I was a minor. Wow. So he used to do all the deals for us. And obviously because he was very much connected, um, he was very much connected and I remember we arranged a show with Snoop Dogg, D12 and 50 Cent to do the Australian and New Zealand show and I was supposed to also support Aiken at that time. But I figured wow. that everything was falling through with this guy and I remember, I think it was... Which guy? Um, his name was Daniel Lewison, manager. He was the manager, my current manager uh, at okay. that time. It was uh, it was a very very funny story because Giant Corporation that was the record company for the management. It was um, run by a Lebanese guy called Les who got shot on the traffic lights and died apparently years later. So I'm not sure how that worked out. So um, when well, it didn't work out well, did it? No, it didn't because when Idol came. <laughs> Sorry, we shouldn't. Work out. <laughs> Um, one thing, can I just ask you, um, I, when I was thinking about when Katie uh, organised for us to, to have this have this time together and chat, 
I was just thinking about those days on Idol and 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 your Africanness and your blackness. Was that ever an, an issue? Was that was that something that even came up, or did I don't even remember? Did we discuss that? I can't remember. Um. Well, up until now, everybody thinks I didn't win because of racism. Up until now, it's been like how long has it been, Ma? So t- it's been thirteen, 13 years. years. I think. And also, um, and I think, to be honest, I feel like to a certain extent, I have a little belief of that as well, because I mean, um, I I just really want to be honest and touch base on this because with reality TV shows in Australia, we've had, you know, I've had a chance to tour, uh, with, um, Tim O'Matic, you know, Tim, we did Madiba together. Yes. And, um, looking at, the way he works so hard and how Sony um, dropped him and looking at what he's still doing now, he's still kind of doing well. And, and I was thinking about it and I was like, why did they drop him? Like, why, why did they drop him? Because his, his sales are still pretty good. He still lifts the crowd and he still gets shows here and there, like really pretty good ones. And he still lives well. Um, and I still think they could have kept him. And I, I, the only thing I thought was, is it because he's black? That's why they dropped him out. And we haven't really had, we've had really good talented people that have come up with like on, on reality TV shows, on like on Idol and X Factor, on The Voice, but they haven't really, um, won the show. And the only person we've had coming, doing great has been just Mowboy. Lucky they haven't dropped her. And I've, I'm pretty sure. And Guy. And guy, but he's not full on. Like, is, is he dark skinned? Of Malaysian, uh, Malaysian origins. Well, he's 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 Malaysian. No one would have accepted. Uh, well, that's not even true because I'm thinking there, there there have been you know there have been people who have broke through. I mean, Marsha obviously being uh, being probably at the top of that list. Mm. But um, no, I just wondered if if it ever you you if if it was ever if you ever received any. Um, negatives from anybody, or 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 if, if if it was an issue, I just don't remember it being an issue. Uh, I, but I might might have might have missed it. I mean, I mean, in your in your actual day to day interactions with the company and with the television station, and you know, just just you as a as a as a as a as a black woman in Australia, which is a which is, and 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 a unique in in the sense that you're not indigenous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? To tell you something, like if if I rec- recall, there's sometimes like I would, I did, would feel a bit selected. Not, it wasn't really out in the open. I'll say, for example, if we had, um, we had this, uh, we went to this. Was it Westmill Children's Hospital? And we did yes. all. I, I don't know what top we were, but we're kind of maybe top eight or top six around there. I'm not sure. And some people were given more chances to have interviews and everything, what they would have seen. And I was left out and I would start feeling like, is it because I'm black or you don't want to show me out there or something? But to a certain extent, I felt like it wasn't really much out in the open. I'll tell you, um, I had Sam, the, the chef, the house manager, and he was absolutely beautiful to me. The makeup artists were amazing. Um, to me, I felt Dico had issues with me a little bit, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can't. You don't think, you don't think dad had issues? You, no. I think everybody, you guys all put No, I felt like, I felt like maybe dad must have been used to attack me, but I don't feel like he was completely racist. I feel like Dico was to me though. 
I, I, I did feel really? like, yeah, and I told Erin about that. I remember I told Erin, and she was like, Taras me, Tarasai, Dika is not racist. And I was like, you know what? And I started recalling the Paulini days when um, mm. she she was wearing the dress and he... The gold dress. Yeah, and he really went out at her. And if I must permit, can I ask a question? When was Jess Malboy... Um, was Dico on when Jess Malboy came second that year or was he out and then he joined the four later, the three later? The Gosh, that's a very good question. I ought to know that, but I'm slightly demented, so I don't remember anything. That's, that's up to Katie. Katie? I can look it up right now. What yeah, season good. was she on? Because she was good, lucky good question, she came though. second, man, because you guys, I don't want to lie, Australia. Yeah, Dicko wasn't he on. He wasn't uh, on. Jess Malboy. He wasn't on. Uh-huh. So I feel like mm-hmm. if even if, like, he attacks me after this or whatever, you guys can take this anywhere. I feel like reality TV shows in Australia, you need to give black people a chance because they can sing. And I feel like Australia's um, – Music industry. Was- that might be the understatement of the century, Tara. Yeah. <laughs> well, give them a chance. <laughs> I don't know with the voice this year, but I can see a lot of um, Islanders and and I don't even know how Stan Walker won after uh, it, he, he was just lucky. And he was dropped again and sent all the way to New Zealand. And now he's in New Zealand. He was dropped from Sony Australia. So I think with Sony, basically, you need to give black people a chance. Um, and just because your music here, it doesn't seem to be working. Well, again, Jess, Jess, Malboy, Jess Malboy would be their answer to that to that question. I hope so. I hope she can answer me. I mean, I guess she's lucky because she's done so well they can't get rid of her. I mean, you get to a point where someone has done well, it's inevitable, there's nothing you can do about about it because she's doing well and and they need her. But if it wasn't the case, I feel like Casey Donovan, you guys didn't give her a chance. When she went out there, she won and you guys believed in her and 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 she won the show, but I feel like looking after her after that, it was like they didn't put much effort in her. And yet when you look at her, she's 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 a very gifted girl. She she is an amazing Oh my god, player. is she ever? Yeah, and I feel like they still wasted that and still just dropped her like that. So I feel like in the music industry in Australia, give black people a chance and you'll see out there they can sing. I mean, Tim, you dropped. I don't know why the hell you dropped him because he's still doing well up until today as well even if he 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 needs to and guy i feel like guy is he's dark-skinned by his he's ethnic but he's not fully black so he doesn't really get the attack i'm talking about black people like me well he's not black at all yeah he's not black at all he's actually he's actually asian yeah he's actually yeah. I, I would say australasian meaning that he's australian asian <laughs> yeah and in music theatre, we experience the same thing as well. I was talking to one of my friends, Ruva, and um, she's done X Factor, she's done The Voice, and they've still kicked her out when I think she doesn't de- deserve to be kicked out as well. And um, with Hamilton, they'd rather choose a person who's lighter skinned, even if you're an islander, than choosing a fully black person. And you know Hamilton, man. People like us, like it's people of the color. And that's why I found um, so much recognition and I respect Disney a lot because with Disney, whether it's Aladdin, whether it's Lion King, 
whether it's frozen, they choose based on the talent. They don't look at the skin color. They look at the talent and they look at how much money they're going to make out of you. It's not about, they look at their profits and they've never gone wrong because when they pick an audition people, they pick people from in South Africa, like from the ghetto, like somebody who has never, ever been on a flight before, has never been in a, just grew up in a township. But the what they come out of it and groom the person, it brings the best out of that person and they make money out of that person. And I think if we try to emulate what Disney has done throughout the years, I think we'll improve in the music industry. So I feel like Australia, we're the ones that are shortfalling ourselves by racism and not you know, encouraging black people out there. I think the proof of I think the proof of what you're saying, Tarasai, is I, I watch an old man show called Insiders on on Sunday morning. Yeah. It's a political show. And, you know, like a month ago they were talking about Black Lives Matter and and all the everyone the was white were white. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's like how can you have a real conversation about race when the whole panel is white? I mean that's just I think that's just Australian TV and we're so behind. Very. Uh, I I'm in America and even America feels behind, but it's not compared to Australia. Australia is just years light years behind. It's sad. Uh with diversity on television. It is really it, sad. It is sad. I just hope yeah. this 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 year for The Voice, I mean, there's a lot of islanders that are talented there, and I've got a few friends that are there as well. I just hope, um, let's go back to The Voice. I'm sorry, Mark, I know this is not about The Voice, but anyway, you know the guy called Johnny? <laughs> Johnny Manuel. I mean, Johnny has traveled countries after countries, and I said, my God, this kid, man. He's gone to he's gone to Eurovision. He hasn't won. He's been to, on America's Got Talent. He didn't win. Now he's in Australia. It's like he's trying to find somewhere to belong because he's so talented. And it's like he's looking for a place where his gift will be accepted. And it's really annoying that somebody from America is coming to Australia to audition and we are now, people are now accepting an outsider, but you've got your own black people that have been citizens in this country that you are not accepting, that are really gifted. How sad is that? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So we've got a kid. Well, you're, you're, but you are the, uh, you know, years ago it was the Greeks and the Italians yeah. and then the Czechoslovaks. And then, then in the 70s, it was the Vietnamese. Mm. And now the Africans in the last 20 years. Uh, are the are the new wave of people that that Australia just has to uh, embrace and 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 engage with in the same way as you know that we the, the the Greeks there's more Greeks in Melbourne than there are in anywhere other than Athens. Well, what to do? What are we going to do about it? Is is the point? I think yeah. record labels need to change. Uh, reality TV shows. They just need to change the game. Otherwise, it's not going to be fun anymore. It's it's not going to – let's just try and embrace and embrace what we have and the talent that we have. That's what I feel. Um, Tarasai, can I, can I just uh, make a, 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 a heartfelt statement to you uh, as now a, a 66-year-old dude talking to a person who is obviously an accomplished, happening person who's got your life very much together and – um, I, I know we had that uh, that moment in the show back it, all that time ago. Yeah, and there was you know there was that that where we sort of clashed a bit, 
and where the word fake was used. And and I just want to make a a, a confession to you, and and that is that I think I was talking about myself. Wow, how? Because, <laughs> because I think I think I was projecting. I think I was projecting my own problem with singing that I had as a young man onto you because I didn't really figure out how to sing until I was a much older where I could actually put heart and soul and feeling into singing. Yeah. Not just, you know, because there's one thing to actually just to have a beautiful voice that that can sound strong and and and, and all of that. But it's another thing to have that pain and to have that feeling. And I don't think I was able to combine the two until I was in my 50s. And I was asking you to do something at your age, that I certainly couldn't have done at my age. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think it's how, you know, the age, maybe your your wording, the wording was was not right. Because when I, I recall back when you told me about the Kissing You song, for example, the top nine song, and you said, can you um, – can you sing things that go with your age so that you understand? And then looking back at the kissing you now and me being older and understanding what love is, that time when I listened to it, I didn't understand what the song was about. So maybe if you had worded, not worded the word fake, because, I mean, fakeness is like you're portraying something that you're not. Maybe you could have said, you know what, Tarasai, because you're loud backstage you're very loud. You're still feisty. And this is me. I'm still the same. I have not changed a single bit, even feistier. I mean, and I'm still clowny, the same person that you had last time. So if maybe you would have used other words than fake, they would have been, I would have understood it more and it wouldn't have come as if it's an attack. You get what I'm saying? Because now still people will still say, they're still saying, yes, oh, that judge indeed. that called you fake. That, that. Yeah. So I think... I would have understood it in better polite terms that, you know what, maybe this song is too mature for you because you might not understand what love is because you're only 20, you're, you're, you're young, you, you, you're still experienced, you're not even married, you've still, you've still got a long, long way to go in life and you won't even understand anything about sex because you, you don't even know how to shower after sex. You wouldn't even know how to do all those things because you're still little. And you're still young. Sorry for being too graphic, but I'm just, you know, that's what Africans would say, African moms. That's too funny. When you were on the show, did you take the comments from dad and from the other judges that you were fake to heart? Or did you kind of know in the back of your head that it was maybe a bit just for TV and for the show of it all? Later on, that time, I didn't. I did not take it kindly that day, and I remember Dicko was very lucky because he left early. I actually wanted to go to your dad and Dicko about it because I was so pissed off with both of them that oh my god, I don't know what would have erupted. I think Dicko, I wanted to punch that day, and then unfortunately, because he was going to the Arias with us, and your dad was was your dad was going to um was going back to Melbourne. He was flying that side back to Melbourne. So he didn't attend the Arias with us, I think. Dico attended the Arias with us. So he got into the limo 
earlier and he had to leave. So he was just lucky. And Sheridan kept to ask Tyler. He was like, Tarsa, Tarsa, you're late. Everyone's waiting for you. So come, let me dress you. So he's the one that saved Dico's butt from, from getting what your dad got. <laughs> so I was only left with one person. And that one person was your dad that I could, I could attack. And I remember I invited the cameras in like I was... I was mad, like front, and, and then later on, I went home. That clip is on YouTube, Tarasa. Ref- you know that clip's and on YouTube. And you know what? They refused to to remove it. I've contacted YouTube a couple of times, and I said, you know what? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I'm now a gospel singer, like full time as well. I said, you know, the first thing that comes up when I tell people to go on my YouTube, it's that video. So, and I'm like, can you guys remove it? And they said, no, like, I don't know, something about the rights or something. And God bless who put that video up, man. Because seriously, I, I can't remove it now. But anyway, it's for the glory of God. Like, I mean, seriously, it's fine. But um, so your dad was the only one left. But intentionally, it was meant to be after. It was meant to be your dad, too. So, and uh, well, I want. I just want to be sure you understand that uh, that in the fullness of time, yeah. I, I I accept exactly what you just said about about that that it would have been far better to have me to have had that kind of gentle conversation with you about yeah. about you know where you are in life. Hey, can I ask a question before we go? I know this is crazy, yeah. but did you guys rig the show? Because I really feel like it was rigged. <laughs> because now I've been. I mean, with I, I feel like you guys made a grave mistake. I mean, if you rigged the show, I feel like Matt should have won the show. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I mean, I was a great singer as well. But looking back now and what I am now, I feel like okay, thank God I didn't win it to a certain extent because I've done greater things than than what I expected after, and I'm still standing. And most of the people in our year, they don't sing at all. I think it's only me and Matt that are still pursuing music. And is that right? Do you do you keep in touch with people? Um, I still talk to. Mark Costa here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, who else have I kept in touch with? Holly Wynert. She was our top 12 at that time. And I was still talking to Lana Cross as well. But it seems like everybody has dropped um, the music side of things. Is that right? Is that, yeah. your, is that what you think, that most, most people haven't been able to make it, make it a life like you have? I don't think they were still interested. They could have, but... Uh, Marty still sings here and there, um, but not as much as some of us have gotten music theatre contracts and been touring. Like, we've been into it. You know what I mean? Like, seriously into it. It's your life. It's our life. And Matt has done very well. So, I mean, even if we didn't win, which I think you guys wasted Matt so much, like he was – I was really pissed off. Dad, was it rigged? I think it was Dad rigged. Dad didn't answer the he question. He can't answer, but it was rigged. Uh, I, sure. I mean, I, I can't answer. I can't honestly answer that question because I don't know what goes on behind the machine. You know, I don't know how the machine works at that level. But but at the level of, of, of the way that the judges and and the two people that you mentioned earlier, Suzanne Mitchell and Greg, and Greg Benes, who we really ought to talk to at some point, Katie, uh, that's yeah. uh, the, the, those two producers. They were just into doing the best TV show that they could make, and I think they made a brilliant TV show. So, what goes on behind it, and the whole issue with the record company, and how they how that how things get how things happen. You know, I had my own fights on that Tara side because I, I couldn't believe how pathetic they were 
with this idea that they could only put out a winner's album. That was it. I mean, it's like a record company that's on, on television for three months and they only want to sell one record. It's like there's a reason why the record business collapsed and it's because it had, you know, pretty stupid people running it. Edit that, Katie, please. But I, from, from, from the bottom perspective of my heart, I feel like the old ages ago, you guys were at a better standing because you had great talent scouts. And nowadays, what you're, what we are getting is rubbish. Like, I mean, they hardly sell anymore. They're hardly recognizable after, after a certain while. No, that's not true, Terrasite. That's not, no, that's, that's not true, Terrasite. Are you sure? Yes, yes. Because look at, look at all the fantastic artists coming out of Australia that are, you know, Tame Impala, uh, the kid from Western Australia, that uh, the young bloke, what's Who? his name? The you know the, the, the South African guy that, that oh, no. went to, uh, you know South uh, African guy. Yeah, he's Australian, uh, but he's South African. He lived in Australia. Selwyn. I think he lives in Melbourne now. But Selwyn. Huh. No, that Selwyn. No, 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 no. He's he's a white kid. He's a white kid. White um, kid. But but there's but there's yeah the 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 one that the young gay kid the. Uh, you know the um, yeah. Troye Sivan, but the, uh, and Courtney, uh, what's her name? Courtney Fingo, whatever her name is. And there's there's so many Australian Courtney artists. Courtney Fingo, having... Dad knows all of their names. <laughs> yeah. But where you know, are they now? Alternate rock artists. But where are they They're now? Having huge international careers. I went, when I was last visiting Katie, there was a there was a bit there were big billboards up for some dance band. I can't remember what their name, but they're Australian and they're doing they're headlining and and and, and Matt Corby, Matt Corby, I couldn't, I, could, I couldn't believe the number of. But no, he's not. He's got he's got a huge international career now. But you could have made so money I, I don't out think of you're him. right. You could have made money. My point is, you should have let the child. No, win. he was too smart for him. Oh. No, he was too smart for him. Really? That, I mean, he 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 cost me. Yeah, he cost me my job in the end. Really? Because because <laughs> I kept. It was one of the reasons. Wow. One of the reasons. One of the reasons. One of the reasons because because they didn't like that I kept criticizing him. Um, all the way to the end, um, they thought that, that there was a certain point where you just had to start celebrating the winners. And, and I mean, there was nothing to criticise him about. He's, he was brilliant then, he's brilliant now. But, yeah. but what I was saying to him was the same thing I said to you, mate, you just make it look too easy. At, at some point, just just try and um, show some pain or some sort of but, – but that's not his thing. I mean, his thing is just beauty and, and, mm. and the fact that he – the fact that he had a, a a childhood that was easy and everything was given to him—that's not his fault. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it's he not his fault that he came up in a in a normal in, with a normal family and and happened yeah. to be exceptional. And I was kind of asking him to do something that he wasn't. I was asking him to, like, you know, my beautiful Vanessa Amorosi, who I love, came up came up with pain in her life, so she she can she she puts pain in 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 her in her vocals. Uh, but but he he puts beauty and art and and I was shocked when I'd visit Katie in in uh, at her college in in Southern California at her uni, and mm. all the young her young friends knew who Matt Corby was. I mean, I said, "How yeah. anybody oh will know God. who Matt Corby was?" You know? Yeah, <laughs> that was just bound to be to be to be something. And of course, he was upset that he didn't win because he was very hurt um, later on, was he? like. Yeah, he was very hurt. Like the last, 
the last um, wow. because I remember David Caplice told us like I think top seven. And he was like, you know what? We're having a chat and we were in the kitchen just near the green room. And he was like, you know what, Tarasai, you, you just really got to calm down through it. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm getting tired because, I mean, I didn't know much about vocals, like care, vocal care and, and things like that. And he was like, mm. you guys, you and Matt Corby are actually I to be part of the top three if things goes go on really well. And the next time I got evicted and I called him and I was like, mate, what the hell happened? Why did I end up top five? I mean, I expected to be third or second. What happened? He was like, come to my office. <laughs> and, he <was> like, <laughs> and he was so pissed off as well because he wanted Matt to win. And his top three were Matt to win, Carl and myself as the top three. And he really wanted Matt to win. So when that didn't happen... He was really upset. And obviously me with a big mouth, I went to Matt and I was like, mate, I think you're scheduled to win the show. I really think you are. This was the top seven. <laughs> so when it didn't happen that way and he came second, I remember at the finale party, like the after party, he was really upset. So I understand. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm actually glad to hear that. Yeah. Because, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm glad that he that he actually cared that much to not to want to win and not come second. Because I would have thought that he would have just taken it in his stride. I I, I, I missed that, Tarasai. Yeah, he, he wasn't happy. I could I could tell. And when, I mean, I don't know whether he, rumours say he uh, he didn't accept the, the some of the record deals he was offered. And I think he accepted something else more indie after. And I have a feeling it's got something yes. to do with the anger that he had. Later on, because I feel like he was treated unfairly. And, of course, not being selfish. I, I feel like he deserved to win because, in the end, not being mean or anything, we ended up having um, Nat. I'm sure she, 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 was, she was a good singer. But up until today, I don't think she deserved that place at all. And she wasted it for a lot of people because three months down the line or six months, she got dropped. And I remember David telling me, he was like, you know, I don't know why they chose that girl because he didn't even want to manage her. And he said, because I know she's going nowhere. So, I mean, we're all talented in different ways, but truth be told, I don't think she deserved to win. That's my take. Um, can we just finish? Can we just finish up with just asking you about your your faith, Parasite? Tell us about your faith. I'm actually now um, a full time Christian singer as well. So it turned out right in the end. I'm now a full time Christian singer, and I sing music theater as well. So I'm still holding on to Christ. Like it hasn't changed. It's even gotten worse and worse. So the people that used to laugh at me on the show and say, oh my God, she's such a God person. She's such a God person. Well, it's worse now. So you got to put up with it. You can't change it. <laughs> and it hasn't changed a single bit. It's actually even gotten more. So yeah. And I'm still surviving. Still doing great. Yeah. You know, the, the gospel industry in Australia is pretty, pretty much dead. So we operate internationally, like our tour internationally. I've toured in Asia, in the States, in Canada, and I make so much money out of it. It's amazing because the gospel scene has got a lot of money. I'm not doing it for the sake of money, but Christian music does have money. Christian music does have money. <laughs> so, and when they buy your albums, they don't just buy for 10 bucks, honey. They give you even a thousand dollars for your album. So you come out with probably holding 10 grand or something. So, and you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really, really that good. So we love it and we make money out of it. It's not so, just so, so so it's a uh, it's the um it's the kind of gospel like uh 
uh, American gospel. Yeah. That is to say that it's that it's what is it, what do they call it? It's uh, the gospel is your is is increases your wealth. Um, that it's, prosperity. There's a word for it. I can't prosperity remember. Prosperity gospel. Prosperity. It's the pro- prosperity gospel. Yeah. I mean, mm. I I I don't necessarily believe in that because I feel like some people do use the gospel sin to make money, which is a which is not a good thing. Um, but I mean, God blesses, God blesses. And I'll tell you, I've never been poor. I've never run out of money. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And, uh, are you a property owner? I'm a property owner a lot. In Z- I'm actually a millionaire in Zimbabwe in us dollars too. Not, not the part. No, 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 no. I'm actually a millionaire darling. So, which is really good. <laughs> and, uh, we many properties as well but some of them my mom my parents got them for me when I was young so this is all US dollar value so I'm really grateful for that and um yeah I'm really really happy I'm actually looking for something to buy in LA as well because most of the time I'll be coming to the right. states so Let me know. yes I need to buy I'll a take house you around. <laughs> I need to buy a house go. yeah you don't want to live in LA. Don't come to LA. But I'm always there. Like I'm always visiting the US yeah. almost every year. I need something there. That was the reason why. I'm like, yeah. You go there every Most year. Most of the time yeah. for music and stuff. I'm always there in Canada, in the States. So I I thought, why, why, why not? Since I'm always there anyway and money's there. So cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Tara. Oh, this has been really, really fun. You we love talking with no, you. Oh, I love you guys. You're amazing. Thanks for listening to Our Idol Archives. This has been an AMH production produced by Katie Holden and edited by Katie Holden and Nick Wingate. This podcast is not sponsored, approved, or affiliated with Fremantle Media. This is Tarasai's single, All Things Beautiful. Shame.